welcome to The League Life with Brooksy and Shanaz. My name is Shanaz, I'm here with Brooksy, and I can't think of a place I'd rather be than be here with my mate. We're going to talk about rugby league and life. From the Moody Chef at St. Leonard's. Mm, it's, it's a very nice place to be. Yeah. How are you doing, sir? I'm good. I'm good. I'm very well. You look relaxed. I'm very much relaxed. And, yeah, I've had a good week. I've finally sorted out a few things in my life, and um, yeah, I'm ready to go with this new chapter. It's brilliant. Now, it's funny you say that because, as I've discussed on previous podcasts, I don't see you as much as what I used to, which is... Which is near perfect, isn't it? Well, that's your words, not mine. (laughs) I do keep up with your antics via social media like the rest of the world. Yeah. (laughs) And I noticed that you and the corporation known as Foxtel are having a little bit of a stash. Oh, yeah. I I know this because it was on Twitter. I don't know if anyone else out there has the IQ3 box, the new one that Foxtel have. It's not going too well for me. I'm under my, I'll be getting my third IQ box today, Shnaz, within a two-week period. I think that's why it's called IQ3. Yeah, you get three, three chances at the, and then you finally get a good one. Like it's, it's unbelievable. It has so much potential, but God, there's something wrong with the internals <laughs> of the actual software that's running the. The IQ3 box. So, yeah, I've, I've got Foxtel coming today. Once that's done, I'm going to be a happy man. I can start recording things and things just don't shut down in the middle of shows, which is which has been the worst thing. Speaking of shows, I finished the OJ Simpson documentary 30 for 30 ESPN special last night, Made in America. Man, my head is blown off. Yeah. Unbelievable. You've you got to go watch all five episodes. It's about nine hours of your life. It's amazing. It's so well done. It's nine hours well well spent. That's amazing. Yeah. It's a bit of a history lesson, and it's just not about him. It's about America and culture and race and class, and he really was a bit of a jackass. Yeah. And I won't spoil the ending, although you can Google it, but just a fascinating ending to a amazing legal battle. Like, wow. Anything else you've been watching, Brooksy? I, I finished Suits. Yep. And I'm back on to Friday Night Lights again. You're back. Yeah, yeah, yeah I'm doing it. Mel hasn't Mel hasn't seen uh, it, so I'm going back see, through. See, I did that with one. my partner, and she was hesitant, and she has good taste in TV. One of her favorite shows of all time. Yeah, it's so good. Coach Taylor, oh, poor Jason Street. But yeah. anyway, yeah, I'm, episode yeah, one, it's good. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but yeah, I've, I've started. I've been listening to a few podcasts along the way, um, sport and non-sport related. But there's one guy. He's one of my favourite writers, and has Malcolm Gladwell, and he's got a podcast called Revisionist History. It's on iTunes. Um, check it out. The most recent episode is called "The Big Man Can't Shoot," and it basically entails why smart people do dumb things and why excellence is such a difficult and elusive goal even for the best intentioned people and they used a case study um he used a case study in it on nba player will chamberlain who scored 100 points in a game and was renowned for being a poor foul shooter but for a couple of seasons he reverted to the granny shot a bit like how you play basketball schnaz where you shoot underarmed from the knees slightly bent from the foul line. That's how he shot. And he was quite accurate in doing so. And so there was a section of it that I thought was just so... Im- it just rang true with rugby league. And it was Rick Barry, who was, who was one of the best foul shooters in NBA history, talking about how when people make foul shots, 
they get high fives and pats on the back from their teammates. Which Rick Barry, who was renowned as being somewhat of a... He was renowned as being an unlikable player, an unlikable teammate, hated. He absolutely hates it. He can't watch basketball. He just starts flipping out because he's one of those perfectionist schnoz. And that's, that got me thinking about like NRL when teams make errors and players make errors and how it could be they're on their own 20. They're applauded for, oh, so, no worries, man, high fives. So it's second tackle and the winger drops the ball to play the ball and he's put his team under immense pressure and half the team come running in and pat him on the head and say, don't worry, one set, one set. He would hate that, Chinez. And I was thinking about it and just going, you think about like Craig Bellamy, for instance, and we're watching and we'll talk about this later in the game, um, in the, in, on the Storm Broncos game, and how he in the commentary box... It's like just fuming when he's up by 30 when there's mistakes happening. And yep. it, the whole story to me was that being a perfectionist is how people become highly successful at what their craft is. And no doubt with Craig Bellamy that the way he acts, the way he, wa- the way he wants his players to play is some, somewhat of perfectionism. Like he wants their players to be near perfect. Yeah. And you see with the Storm, they've been... Highly successful on your, under his tenure. Yeah, it's interesting. Brooksy, I'm going to check out that podcast. I encourage everyone else to because Brooksy has immaculate taste in podcasts. Also in doing podcasts. Yeah, he's got some good books too, Schnaz. Outliers, Blink, The Tipping Point. There's a lot of sports references in there too. He's a friend of Bill Simmons as, as we both are as well. So... <laughs> um, yeah, I'd, I'd definitely check out his uh, literature as well as his podcast. Come in! What is it? It's wrist, Jerry. The game of world conquest. <laughs> All right, that's perfect. Kramer, why do you have to... Hello, Newman. <laughs> Hello, Jerry. Will he take it? I gotta go to work. Take what? The board, Jerry. We've been playing at Newman's for six hours, but he's gotta go. So why don't you leave it at Newman's? I wanted to. He won't let we me. We have to put the board in a neutral place where no one will tamper with it. So that's here. Yes, yes, you're like Switzerland. I don't want to be Switzerland. Jerry, Newman and I are engaged in an epic struggle for world domination. It's winner take all. So, Schnaz, enough of our uh, TV and podcast tastes. There's something that's been on my mind all weekend and I haven't been able to see you. The Cronulla Sharks have set a new club record, 12 straight wins. Congratulations, buddy. What a feeling. It must be amazing. Thank you. To be at somewhere somewhere you haven't been ever before. Uh, I was down at the game on Saturday night. Bumper crowd. They stopped selling tickets. Nice. It was 19,000 strong. An amazing vibe. And you, you had that air of expectation that they really, everyone wanted to see them break the record. Uh, the two points is going to be very important at the end of the year, but down 18-0. Some soft tries, but... But Parramatta definitely earned it, and they were the better team. They were pressing harder. They were they were more willing and determined for, for sort of 25 minutes. It seemed like the Sharkies were a bit nervous. Like, there was a lot on the line in terms of the streak. And it, I don't know if they were nervous. I thought they were a bit tired, a bit flat, a bit flat. Well, they're just going through the motions. They weren't, like, risking anything. Like, they weren't playing like they have been during the streak. And they sort of just, it sort of caught up to them and they were down. Yeah, I was, I was sitting in um, some different seats this week. I was down in the lower ET 
stand and I was right behind the players sort of dugouts. Oh, you're getting close to the action, Shanaz. I was right near Val, actually. It was quite exciting. So I had different sort of uh, viewing and different experience and the spray that Michael Ennis gave the team after the third try, I think, was pretty epic. And from that moment on, they turned it on and just played a really great brand and, and it was a great game. Parramatta hung in there and but the Sharkies just sort of clicked. And Ricky Latelli had probably his career best game. And it was it was just it was a great vibe. The crowd was going nuts. It's a pretty special time at the moment. So I'm underplaying that now because, you know, it's been a few days later and and I'm looking forward to the next week. But man, I'm really proud of the way they're playing and, and the way the club's handling it. It's just no one's going out there saying we're gonna win the comp, but we're also saying we're going for it. Like it's, well, you've you know. got to put yourself in this position to win oh, a yeah. comp, right? Bad guys are waiting for us to fall. Oh, we told you they couldn't do it. The Sharks aren't sort of promising anything. But what they are promising is every week they're going to go out and play and win that next game. And they're doing that. And, you know, I, I look at the ladder and I look at... Rather than being in first spot, I look at the wins and losses and I go, wow, they've lost two games all year. Two games. It's good. Uh, unfortunately, my bugbear of State of Origin is going to possibly hurt us this week because missing five players, five key players, obviously, and some new guys come in, which I'm actually excited to see how they'll go. Now history is getting in the way... Uh, sorry, the NRL is getting in the way of history. Like, not just, not just general points. Like, this is a Sharks record streak, and now because of Origin is... Possibly gone because of their weakness of their squad that they're going to be putting out. I've got to think that if the five players play, or even if three of them play, they're probably going to win. They've got a good chance of winning. Five of their 13 starters are out. Yeah. It's, it's affecting too much of the NRL. And the respect of the NRL, well, there, there is little respect when Origin's around. I'm not getting on the whole, it's a dead rubber, let them play bandwagon i'm more and you and everyone knows this i'm more about you got to split them up and and you can't let it affect the competition that's however you do it the players have to play every player should have the right to be able to play every game of the season for their club it's not the way the draws done as well is not necessarily fair because yeah the sharks have this is their first game right prior to an origin where they are affected by by origin selection so how about we just make it so that it's every every team plays 24 games with their squad for 24 games and not have this effect? And well, the, the Cowboys go to Canberra on Monday night without JT and Gavin Cooper and and the prop. Exactly, it's not not good. So on the flip side, Canberra have the inverted commas easy ride this week. The Cowboys, I mean, they'll put in a great contest, but they're going to be under the pump. It's just. It's, just, it's not fair. There needs to be respect for the NRL schedule. Yes, you don't know this at the start of the year that Cronulla are going to go on this awesome streak, or it could be any team. Insert team here. Look, let's say the, the, the Sharkies win again. The next time they're at Shark Park, it's another sellout. It's building a vibe. It's building your product up for one of the teams that in, in the last few years, as we know, have been struggling. I do like the fact that we will be underdogs this week, and that's in betting markets, that's in punters' picks. I like that. They've got nothing to lose, you know? And and they're a competitive bunch. Except for the record win streak. Yeah. They've still got Ben Barber, Luke Lewis, Val Holmes. There's a whole bunch of guys. Michael Ennis. They're going to be competitive. And I think Penrith fans should not expect, you know, a walkover, you know? So uh, I'm hoping there's an upset. It'd be fantastic. Imagine that. Imagine if there's an upset. 13. It'd be great. 
But yeah, Shnaz, one I wanted to touch on Parramatta as well from the game because there was this young guy, Bevan French, that scored oh, a hat-trick. Stop it. And there was one try, I'm not too sure if it was his second or his third, where he stood up Ben Barber and ran around him. The third try, yeah. it was amazing. And like I'd, I was watching the replay from the, the goal line angle behind Ben Barber. There was no chance he was getting a finger on him. Like Ben Barber's yeah, I mean, on the, the first try from the turnover was right in front of me where, where he picked it up, and it, he's, he's lightning quick. It's ridiculous. Is he one of the quickest players you've seen this year, like being down yeah, at Shark Park? Absolutely. He must be up there, like top five. Basically, he? every time he got the ball, everyone's sort of like, oh, no. Like, I knew about him beforehand, but I don't know if the majority of 19,000 people had seen him play much. Because he killed it in the nines, remember? And he was like, give it all in there, win. He was good NYC player and, and, and junior player. And so every time they went to his wing, I was like, oh, no. And then that was the side that uh, Lutelli came off because he was injured. Luke Lewis slipped into the centres. It was a new pairing. He's a bit slower these days. So it was, it was not a good matchup. Lewis on French. He's got seven tries in four games now. So he's on Vunivalu pace, um, which, which I I'd put it out there on Twitter, Schnaz, and I thought I'd ask you this too. Who's your rookie of the year so far? We've had some really good contenders. We've got Cody Walker. We've got Ash Taylor of the Titans, Winivalu in Melbourne, Bevan French. Have you, You've watched most of them play in the flesh yeah. and at Fox. Which one do you yeah. reckon? Out of the people you're talking about, I would definitely say Ash Taylor, given the position he's in and his age. And he's just super impressive. And he's only going to get better. Uh, Vunivalu is really impressive. He's just a try-scoring machine. It's, his stats are amazing. 16 in 10, so he's going for... He's only scored in multiples. Izzy Falau in 2007 got 21, so he's still got a few games to go to break that record. And at, Izzy was a rookie that year too, so I honestly think if he breaks Falau's record, he's got to get it. I, I like Cody Walker a lot. I think he's really talented. He's a mature rookie. I think he was the best for the Rabbitohs against the Cowboys this week. He's a handy player. I mean, he, he would be a regular in my squad if he was in my squad. But I'd, I'd probably go with Taylor at, at this time. Yeah, so we had a few people like Jono and Gavin said Ash Taylor. Gav said Vunivalu close behind. So it, it's pretty much what we're saying. I obviously reckon Vunivalu. Matty Holsworth from the Rockhampton News reckons Vunivalu or Taylor depending on Suliasi's strike rate. So he was of the similar notion that I was, that I guess if he keeps going, get Rookie of the Year. But yeah, it's, all, it's going to be a good one at the end of the year. The four go- oh, They're the four that really stand out for me. Newman is planning a sneak attack. Oh, maybe he's got no hot water. Yeah. All right, fine. You sit there and you watch while Newman takes over the world. But he'd be a horrible leader. And you know who's going to suffer? The little people. You and George. Are you through? Sorry. Hello, Jerry. May I come in? What do you want? Huh? Nothing. <laughs> it's being neighborly. Do you want to hang out? Shoot the breeze? I'm not letting you cheat, Newman. You're not getting anywhere near that board. Jerry, I'm a little insulted. You're not a little anything, Newman. <laughs> so just pack it up and move it out of here. Brooksy, I happen to watch a pretty amazing game, is the word I'm going to use. On Sunday afternoon, we had Canberra hosting the Newcastle Knights. The whole world thought it was going to be a massacre, for want of a better word. Yeah, I think I'm, I'll put my hand up there. The Knights were impressive in the first half, and pretty much for the whole game, actually. They really put in, 
They had a big lead. Whittled away by the Raiders. Yeah, yeah, we knew they'd come back. It was just that lead was too early, Brooksy. It was the opening 20 or whatever. It was like, oh. There was that, you know, the penalty goal that pushed it out to, I think it was 18 or 12. And it was like, oh, here we go. Like, they've, they've given them the target. They've decided not to score any more tries. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. And, and, and down there, with that kind of, you know, possession and, and, and run, they just, they were too good for them in the end. It, was, it did come down to the bounce of a ball. And that's super unfortunate for the Knights. And it is such a cliche, but it's so true about, you know, being down on your own luck and making your own luck. And you've just seen it this year. That, that was just, it was heartbreaking. On the flip side, good on Jordan Rapana for chasing through a ball that no one else was chasing. Imagine if the Raiders lost, as I was thinking about it, they would have given up three competition points to the Knights this year. They're going to look back on those two points and go, that, like, getting that win against the Knights and going either top four, top eight, um, with the run that they've got. I was speaking to a few friends about it. The whether the Blake Austin field goal attempt was a try assist or not. And I wanted to get your take in the Fox Sports lab um, so people out there can sort of understand the ruling. I was of the notion it wasn't a try assist because Blake Austin was going for points in the kick. Like he wasn't effectively going for a try with the kick. Yeah, it's a very rare occurrence. And we were trying to think of the last time it happened and it was decades and decades ago. I doubt the triassis would have been invented back then, Schnaz. Oh. Who invented the triassis? So anyway, back to your <laughs> question. Um, we did not give it a triassis at the lab. And I'm not speaking for the lab, of course. I'm just working for them. No, it wasn't a triassis. You're right. You're 100% right. To dumb it down, no. He was going for a one-point field goal. He missed it. And uh, Rapana was chasing through. And, and I felt sorry for Dan Gagai. He... Probably should have done a better job, but, you know, they say don't let the ball bounce, and he did. So, it's a great lesson for kids, actually. Do, do not let that 85 ball bounce. 85 minutes into a tight game where adrenaline would have been running high, it was an opportunity for, you know, everyone sort of dropped. You know, and, and you see it in rugby league. Sometimes when the ball doesn't bounce the right way, people stop playing. And I'm not saying Gago stopped playing. He just, he must have just relaxed a bit and go, I don't have to take this ball on the full. I'll let it bounce and see what happens. It'll probably go out. We'll get seven tackles. And that's, a, and that's another beauty of the rule, Schnaz, that they've changed, that it's making, it's, it's giving, it's putting the onus on the defense to diffuse the ball the right way. So, so Gagai's gone there. He's gone, okay, I could catch it on the full and run it back into the in goals and then have to run it back out. But he was more thinking, I'm going to let the ball bounce here and it could go our way. Do you think the seven tackle rule are you 100% happy with it being allowed after a missed drop goal? I think you're going for goal, a drop goal. It's hard to get. It's not like you're trying to waste time or, or do that whole thing. Because they, they want you to kick a field goal. That's, it's, the NRL said kick a field goal. If you miss, the other team's <laughs> going to have an easy opportunity to kick one down. Like kick one down the other end. You not only have like 12 guys running at you, the crowd urging you on. You also have the NRL saying if you miss, seven tackles. It should be quite hard to, to win the game. Like you've both had a, had got to the stage after 80 minutes. It's like a penalty shootout in soccer, right, Schnaz? Like it's such a terrible way to finish 120 minutes of, of football in such a strategic sort of game. But like in the NRL, like you want to see someone... You want to see a team win, and you want to see, see them win fairly. And so, yeah, you, you add this spice to it to go, yeah, you, you can win the game right now with a drop goal, but if you miss, 
the other team's going to have an easier opportunity. And I, I, I don't mind it. We can't really nitpick too much because there are some flaws in the, in the rules, but this one I think is good. Brooksy, I saw that Blake Austin had an interesting start to his day. Did you hear about what happened? He, he was basically driving to the ground. He saw a Canberra fan sitting at a bus stop and decided to give her a lift to the game. It's amazing. It's such a good story. And we didn't touch about on it in the Parramatta game as well with Semi Radradron. And there was a, such like, you know, negative press about him playing and like, should he be playing? And which I, for one, I don't think he should have. Why don't you think he should have? I think there should have been a bit of respect in the situation, not only with the partner, but for him having gone over to Fiji and coming back. I know that there was a precedent set with Sean Kenny Dow, but if we look back in the future, and I don't get me wrong, I don't think I, I don't know the story enough to garner whether he's guilty or not guilty. But you're saying if he's guilty and we look back in the past and he was allowed to play these games and get paid and bonuses. Yeah, and I'm not saying don't play because we think he's guilty and he shouldn't play. I think you need to address the situation at hand that Semi's having a tough time in his life. And yeah, yeah. there was there were shots of him laughing at training the next day, but he f- came off a plane from overseas, from Fiji, and basically was rounded up by police at the airport. Yeah, I 100% agree that he shouldn't have played for those reasons. Let's clear the air. It's not assuming that he's guilty. It's just... It's respecting the entire situation. There's a situation there, we're going to deal with it, and then you're going to come back and play. I was at the ground. Every single time he got the ball, he was booed and booed by probably 15 of the 19,000 people. I wasn't participating in it. Oh, schnaz, come on. I was booing at my TV. It was because of the IQ3, of course. But uh. <laughs> but then by about the 60th minute, I was like, why are you booing? He got off. He's been in Fiji, he's travelled back and forth, he's got off the plane, he's playing a game of rugby league. It's pretty. Maybe good people like, were jealous that he'd had a holiday to Fiji in the middle of winter. It's been pretty cold. It's we cracked out the electric blanket in Missenden Road. What? <laughs> at home? Yeah. Oh, I, For the first time this year. That's pretty good. Good salaries at Fox Sports. Uh, stats, yeah. isn't it? <laughs> the best electric blanket that we could, we could, money could buy. <laughs> Yeah, so, oh, sorry, yeah, yeah, so we were talking about Blake Austin. Great story after what had happened the night before with Semi and the speculation yeah. and the week leading in. This is what I love about rugby league. Like, you see in the NBA in England, the luxury buses, like, air-conditioned and, like, padded and it's amazing and, like, planes in the States where NFL teams and NBA teams are jetting from airport to airport into shuttle buses straight to the venues or their hotels. Whereas Blake Austin's in his, I don't know, 2005 uh, Mazda 3, and he's gone, I don't know, don't quote me on that. He can pick up someone on the street, a fan, and make make their life. You know, if it's an avid Canberra fan, they'll remember that forever. And all the people at the bus stop and all the people at the set of traffic lights, oh, there's Blake Austin. Oh, he's picking up a fan. How cool is that? Like, not many leagues in the world like professional leagues in the world have that, the ability for that sort of storyline. It's amazing. The NRL is so funny because it's a billion dollar industry and the players earn hundreds of thousands of dollars, sometimes millions. But it's still so lowbrow in the sense that, you know, when Semi was walking into the stadium, he was flanked by just two average looking security guards because they're worried about, I don't know, but he's just walking along with his hoodie on. And I could have gone up to him. 
and going, Sammy, you're this, you're that, and slapped him in the face. Or like what the guy did to Joel Thompson down at Sharp Park earlier in the year. I could have threatened to urinate on his car. But what I'm, what I'm getting at is, if that was the EPL, there'd be like a tunnel for them to walk through, and they'd be like, I would have no chance of getting near these guys. So, but the NRL, the billion dollar industry, Sammy's just walking through the crowd. If he didn't have those security guards with the hoodie on, people wouldn't even recognise him. He's just walking, some dude walking along. I did notice after the game, Brooksy, he was interviewed, sorry, he was walking across to his car, I believe, with security again, and one of the press guys with a camera was trying to get a quote from him, and he was sort of saying no comment, kept walking, and twice on camera, he spat onto the ground, like it, it was after the game, after the shower, so he's walking along, and he's like, just got the waitress to come over and bring a coffee. I thought that was a bad look, but... uh. We'll see what happens there. But Blake Austin, let's say he's... Is he our man of the round this yeah, week? Yeah, Schnaz is man of the round. So the last one was Corey Oates in round two. And now Blake Austin in round 17 is one. He's, he's back. He's back. Will he defend his title? Will Schnaz remember the award? Find out next week. Brooksy, on Saturday evening we had West Tigers v Penrith. I didn't see much of the game. I saw a lot of highlights. Always going to be an attacking game, two ad-lib kind of teams. They had uh, Tedesco v Moylan, which is a great matchup. It sort of played out how I thought it would, because having watched the Tigers and the Panthers, it was going to be who could score the most points or who could miss the most tackles. But both teams put on a superb performance, I thought. Yes, there was some dodgy dodgy defensive efforts. James Tedesco earned his spot in origin, I thought. He, he, He played really well. He... He has that ability to bust a line and set up a try. He has that potency to be able to create tries. And you look at his stats, I think I, I, I might be off one or two here, but 13 games, 12 tries, 11 tries, Ishnaz. Like, he is nearly effectively being involved in two tries a game. That's a massive, massive factor in being successful. Whenever he gets the ball, he's dangerous. And that's why he's going to play a pretty important game in his career Wednesday week. How did Moylan go? Because I'm quite a fan of his, and I'm, I'm a bit disappointed for him that he's not He was Oregon okay. Team. He didn't really do anything that really stood out, and you were like, oh, he's really giving Teddy a run for his money here. Like, the play for me was Bryce Cartwright, who was in focus for me because um, you saw the game, and he was quite effective. I think he chalked up 10 offloads and two line break assists, but... He was missing a lot of tackles, and his problem is he doesn't move well laterally. So if you're sliding or moving across the field, you can really get on his outside and get through, and he's very, very armsy when it comes to defense. Like, he doesn't square up to the attacker and have get good purchasing on a tackle, and that's what's creating, I think, he's not putting himself in a position laterally to get to make the tackle. And I think teams have found out that weakness, and you can tell. Like there was quite a few opportunities where players were running through the Bryce Cartwright channel. It's been a short career and a really good one, but that is a massive weakness of his, and it's been it's been coming for a while. This him being found out, so to speak, he can tackle, but you're right, he has that weakness in the way. It's that he when they isolate him, and and you know what? Yeah. It's great that he has this in his game because he can work on it. And this is going to make him a better player and make him... And you know what? In two, three years' time, these, 
this, these criticisms, him not being in origin, it's going to make him into a better player. And I have no doubt in my mind, Shnaz, in two years' time, he's going to be one of the elite players in the NRL if he works on his defence. And if he was picked in origin for next week, it's not like you would have an argument and go, oh, but he can't defend, because he's going to put on two tries for you. He's got to come off the bench, and he's got to play 20, 30 minutes, give him a taste, mate allow him to be fresh because at the back end of the game Schnaz there was some issues with his defense as well and that's where it sort of uh, comes he, he starts off games well he gets settled in and that's where I would utilize that bring him on give him 30 minutes or give him 10 minutes before half time 20 after the break and then bring him off give him a taste I'd say who's been going good for the Panthers and he's been going good for the Blues is young Josh Mansour 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 how are we going there Mansour Again, a short career, but he's been fantastic. And he's just, he's a powerhouse. I would never want to tackle this fella. And I've, I've been a fan of his since he came into the top grade. And I love watching him play. He's, he's a dangerous player. What he did well for Penrith was set their sets up nicely, like getting those early metres, getting him over the 20, 30, 40, you know, putting them in a position. So you've got Moylan, Cartwright, Cleary being able to put in attacking kicks, get the offloads, bust a line and be in a position to score points. And that's what their wingers and f- uh, do really well, Shnaz. It's just been a great season for him. And, and Penrith, you know, you can see there's a lot of criticism on social media about Penrith. And you see these, these young players. And once they all get together and play a few seasons together, that'll be good. I think Gus was probably off with a five-year plan. It's probably going to be seven or eight. But... But it will bring, I, I think it will bring an NRL title. They've got the parts. It's just a matter of them all gelling together. And I just think it will take a few more seasons if they keep this squad together. Now, we talked about Tedesco and the likes playing Origin. Let's get into Origin briefly because I'm not a big Origin guy. You know that. One thing you pointed out to me during the week, Brooksy, and I completely agree. And I'd throw a few guys in here with these two. But Jennings, Michael Jennings and Blake Ferguson still being picked. I read a piece in the Telegraph this morning, fresh off the press, an interview with Fergo, and he was sort of admitting he had his critics and that he hadn't been in good form, but he was sort of talking about why he should still be picked. He was talking about himself now and referring to his younger days. I've got to say, his defence is 4,000 times worse than Cartwright's. (laughs) He's one of the worst defenders in the game. He still obviously has his value in attack. We haven't seen that much this year. He's really good in a bit of open space with that big fend of his. Uh, He's not too bad chasing a ball in the air, but his kick defense and particularly his defense in general is very sus. And Michael Jennings is just... He's just not interested. I I wonder if he wants to be a footballer at the moment. But like with Jennings, I... I look back on the decision and I'm like, it's great for Laurie to keep him in because he would have been so down after that origin too. But... At the end of the day, he's, he's a veteran. He's played a lot of NRL and Origin games. As, as you saw on Monday night with Dylan Walker, I was like, he finally is in his position. He carved up at right centre. He was someone that I would be like, we've got, we've got to find a spot for him in the centres. Dylan Walker played really well, Schnaz, on Monday night. And I, I just... I don't. I know it probably was because he was dropped from Origin. How and it was interesting that they decided to call the team before Monday night was played. He he looked so good out there, and he was back in his, in his centre position that he was accustomed to. 
being when he played at South. He just looked good. It was just he got dropped. Moylan got dropped, and Ferguson and Jennings are still in the side. I understand that. Yeah, there is positions and stuff, but you could have shuffled them around to placate Moylan and Walker still being in the team. I just don't think those two yeah. deserve to be in there for Origin 3. Yeah, and we talk about, in the media, they've talked about farewells for players and Gallon and Thara having a bit of a farewell. And and they've been we've been told that they're not there for that reason. They're there because they're picked on the, their positions. There's no way Robbie's there on form. He's not playing bad off the bench for the Tigers, but, you know, he's coming off the bench for the Tigers. I'm sure Pete and Ennis and whoever else probably have a say in that. On the flip side, we have a positive in the rugby league world, and that is the reward for years of good form, mostly thanks to his mate JT, Gavin Cooper being rewarded with a Queensland... He's one of my up. cheeky, cheeky favourites, Schnaz. Oh, we all love Coops. Just, he just, I don't know, he just, you know, like there's been a few, like he's bombed like a few tries. Like, I just remember a few. Like, one, he landed on his head and, like, the ball spilled out. I think, Brooksy, he, he, he's been, like, the working-class dude that finally is getting the recognition. You know, he started out in the factory on the floor. He was the cleaner. And he worked his way up to the to the conveyor belt. And then he got into, like, some junior management. And now he's in the senior team. And, he, and he's, like, making some decisions and he's doing the hard yards. That's who Gavin Cooper is for me. He worked hard for his position. He's a great player. He's solid. He would never let you down, and yeah, he. I mean, I, th- I think that he'll he'll be out. And that's the beauty Queensland. of like Queensland situation. You put him in that side. He's not. It's not going to be bright lights. He's like, I know you. I know you from cl- club level. Oh, JT. He w- I, he's just, won a grand yep, I'll just stay here. You're going to do the usual thing you've done the last six seasons. All right, cool. You know, like that's that's where they're at. But Schnaz, I was just thinking too, thinking about the whole Jennings Ferguson thing. This was just on the top of my head. Another season of origin passes and another no Jared Croker in the team. Is he not one of the most, like, I was thinking about it and and there is talk about it. He's not the most skillful centre out there, but do you reckon he's been like the fourth best centre in terms of depth chart for the last, his whole career at, at camera? Well, like, I'm, feeling, I'm feeling a sense of deja, deja vu on this topic. I'm referring to episode yeah, yeah. 25. <laughs> but I agree... With you, I I think he's a solid player. I think he's a seven out of ten. He's he won't let you down except for every now and then when he will, you know. But he, you know, he's a record breaker and 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 he's a captain of his club and th- that's what I think about him. I, I don't I don't know if I'd want him in if I was a big state of origin guy. I don't know if I'd want him in the New South Wales team. Yeah, yeah. I mean, at least he would offer some things as a goal kicker, etc. Maybe you should start up like a. I'm not going to start Do a Twitter poll first. I'm not going to start a a poll. Get a petition online. Put it on Facebook. Come on. You want Jared... This is the second week in a row. At the same time, every week, you've mentioned Jared Croker for Origin. Croker for Origin, hashtag. Croker for Origin. I just just find it funny. I just just think that he's someone that just slight... Like, he's just not good enough. But I'm sure he would give it a good shake if he was given the opportunity. If he's just not good enough, I think that's your answer. Uh-huh. <laughs> you just said he's just not good enough. No, but like, you know what I mean? Like, we've no, seen who New South Wales have spat out in the last decade, Shnaz. I think come I'm going to get a go soon. Shnaz, come play. Yeah, right. You know who does a good job? In all manners of the word? Cooper Cronk 
and his Melbourne Storm. Oh, They're on fire. That was one of the most, if not the most dominant performance of the year against a pretty good Brisbane team. And they were unbelievable. Cooper Cronk, five tries. A handful. He was a handful for the Broncos. They were outstanding. Um, Vunuvalu, who you've already mentioned in this episode, brilliant. We're going to start calling them Suliasis when someone scores three tries or two tries or more. I think I'm going to go full Suliasi on you in a minute. <laughs> 45,000 at Suncorp, the home of rugby league. As much as I love Cooper Cronk, I was going for Brisbane for Cronulla Shark-related purposes. They had the chance to go four points ahead. If Brisbane had done the job, they didn't. They didn't even come close. And Melbourne were brilliant. And Melbourne are going to be in the grand final, no doubt. Oh. No doubt. Melbourne Sharks grand final. Oh, jeez. Yeah, I don't think you're too far off. You just watch Bellamy in the box, and, and we talked about it earlier, but Schnaz, I'm so I want this app, right? So you're watching the game on your TV and an error happens. You revert to your app on your iPad to look at the respective coach's box and see the reaction or after a try. So you're watching your TV screen, the game's on there. You've got a second screen on your app, on your mobile, on your iPad, on your device. And that second screen is of the coach, coach's boxes with some stats. And a few stats in the middle, yeah, yeah. So Kenny Bromwich drops the ball and we flash down to Bellamy and he's having a conniption. That is good. That is good TV. Yeah. Don't you reckon? Like, it's just you've, you're absorbing everything. Every week, Brooksy, my fascination for Bellamy gets stronger. He's a great coach. When I see guys like Ryan Morgan and Chase Blair, people who I've pretty much um, made fun of for the last 10 mm. years. How good are they going? They're going unbelievable. And I, thought, I never thought I would say Chase Blair is going unbelievable, but he is. And he's doing his job. And, and we know, everyone has, knows this and have said it, Bellamy gets him in. And they learn their role, and that's all they do, and they do it well. And It's the perfectionist in him. They just do this. Just do this well. Just do this well. I love what he does with those guys. I love how he maintains his, you know, three or four champion players. Probably throwing Bromwich, uh, Jesse Bromwich in there now. And I just love his, as we've discussed already, his desire to win. And and I love I love watching him, not for the, necessarily because he goes crazy and loses his... His cool. I love the passion, and it doesn't have to be like an outburst. It can be something more mild. But I, but watching him, you know, I did a bit of anthropology at university, Brooksy, and well, I did a lot actually. And watching him, it's like a study. It's a human study of anthropology, and and I'm being quite serious in that. I would watch that second screen of yours now, Brooksy. What I want to see is a second screen of you on Monday night. At your beloved Brookvale Oval, watching your beloved Dragons stink it up. Stink. S-T-I-N-K, capital S, capital K, stink. What is going on? Oust, doust, oust, Mary, oust, Dugan. Dugan. Dugan had one of the worst games I've seen in a long time. He, he was terrible. I don't need to tell you this. I haven't been happy with how much money he's been on for what he provides. Manly, Manly... Played really good. Yeah, 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 actually. But they weren't that good. I don't know if they were 32 points good difference or whatever they took it was. Their ch- Yeah, there was there, that Jamie Bure try up the middle. It was funny because Dukes had just been, I think he collected like a shoulder charge or something. or there was He was down on the ground. But yeah, and Bure busted through and there was no fullback at home. And Jamie Bure just ran 80 metres to score a try. Bure for origin. A guy that's busted... 
his ACL. He's been in the wars the last two years, Shnaz. And it was great to see him have a a game like that where he did put up like 200-odd metres. He scored a try. He scored two tries, didn't he, Bureau? Cherry Evans is starting to get back into his form. I watched that last try out to Will I Am. Willie Army, Will I Am, whatever. It was this perfect cutout ball that just curved yeah. along the 20 metre line. They were going. They're all wheels were in motion. It was the manly that everyone thought they would see throughout the year. Just a little too late. You're driving away from my subject matter, and that is your <laughs> team. I'm being serious. Like, yeah, okay, I don't overly like them, but there's something going on there, and it's not good. And, and it's what I've hinted at for the last few weeks about Mary and a few of the players talking up how their season's going to shape out because they've had some wins yeah. against inferior oppositions. At the moment, I'm not saying you can't turn around, but at the moment, one of the, uh, one of the most ineffective teams in the NRL. It's just one-out footy. The intensity isn't there if you're going to play one-out footy. It's just not working. I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't know how you're going to turn around this year. Like I was looking when I got home. I went to Brookie and I was with a few friends and they were quite good about it. It was just like, I think Manly fans were just like enjoying that they were winning. It wasn't like they were like trying yeah. to rub it in or anything, but like it was just, you know, they ended the losing streak. It was going to be a club record if they lost again. That was the third opportunity this year, Shnaz, where they had an opportunity to go in. Sorry, they had the chance to go into the top eight and they lost. But Brooksy, I want to know how you're going to get into that top eight. What? Who's going to do it for default. you? Default. Like, this, teams will have to fall over. No, no, but how are you going to get, get up? How, like, I'm looking at Gareth Widdop. He's providing nothing in attack. He's, he's definitely in a down, trending downward at the moment in the season. Benji, we're saying, is pretty much done. He has a good game right now and then, but he, he's, not, he's not the regular playmaker you need. Dugan, we've discussed. You know, the one bright light you have is Tyson Frizzell, but it's one guy. He had a very quiet game, Schnaz. Don't Yeah, but I I I was a bit disappointed with him. Like yeah, he, he needs he, to stand up in those games. Yeah, but he needs help. DeBellin was great in defense, made however many tackles. He's just a solid but that's it. That's what we're looking at like defense and like that. I don't see a team, Brooksy. I see like a bunch of individuals playing together and the individuals are not good enough to play that individual game to win your games. It's just like, I'm not saying they're not a team, but I'm saying the team you have is just not gelling. And then the individual brilliance of guys like Marshall and Widdop and Dugan, it's just obviously not there. They're just forcing too much. They're running sideways. There's 15 errors. Like, like that's ridiculous. Like, to think that you have, like, 50% of the ball, so you're playing for 40 minutes with the ball, like, that on, on average, and you're making 15 errors, it's like you're dropping the ball every second, third set. And... But the thing is, is, the thing that I say with the roster as well is that he's stuck with these guys and he's continued to run them out every week. And it's not like there is competition there. Like, oh, if you, like, he's not challenging them and dropping them for one week and bringing them back. Like, he was, he was so tough on Kurt Mann and Kurt Mann's gone in and out of the team. And there's other guys that have just been there the whole time. And it's like, what, like... Apart from being injured for a couple of weeks, I think Tim Laffey, his job has been like pretty much solidified for the season. And it's like, he's not providing anything. Great. Everyone was talking about Benji last week, and I knew that this would happen. Like, the game after that, but he was I'll like... Look at, look at guys like Thompson. Okay. And, and he's a big unit, and I think if he was playing, again, if he, and I can say this about any player in the NRL, but if he was playing for Melbourne, yeah. Yeah. he'd be a superstar. 
Melbourne again. He'd be a superstar. I just, I don't know, man. Is it the coaching? I don't know. There's something inherently wrong with that squad. The juniors is is the thing. They're, that we, I saw, a, I heard a podcast with on Fox Sports with Ian Millard, who's our recruitment and retention guy, and he's talked about how they're really directing their money towards locking in their juniors. They've got quite a successful yeah. under twenty side and NYC team, but if you do that, then you've got to give those guys, I guess, an opportunity to to get a taste of NRL. And this isn't like there's a guy in there's a guy in NYC Schnaz, Matt Dafty. 14 game, like I know it's NYC, but 15 tries and 15 try assists. I think he scored a double or a hat trick on Monday night against Manly. And I'm like, give this guy 20 minutes off the bench. Give him a spot. He's, he's going to give you more than Tim Lafayette, like, for example. Just get him on the field and give him a taste. Like, yeah, the club's going through a bit. And people say, oh, it could hurt them just as much as help them. And it's like, bullshit. Like, these guys, you see young guys get an opportunity. It's not going to kill them. It's not going to kill their career. It's such an old uh, fashion thought in the game of rugby league. Valentine Holmes was held back for a year, and then his like first touch was like a you know amazing line break. And he, you see him what a superstar he is. Every team has got them. Some have multiple. Not only will you lose these guys if you hold them back, but your team will not do as well as they can with these guys. They might go to another club. Of course they will. And get an opportunity like we've had in the past with your boy Jack Byrne. Yeah. He's playing Origin. He's playing Origin. I would say to Ian Millwood, mate, I don't know how long you've been in the job, but what is going on? Because you look at that squad. Well, because Peter Mulholland was there, remember? Like we were talking about it. So this is his first year and this is his plan. And that's where I guess turnover hurts. Because yeah, you, you're just, swapping just, game plans all I the think time. it's a good answer from him, like to get the fans feeling a bit positive about the future, but it's not a realistic one, as you've said. It's like, well, so you're saying we're four years away from being competitive? If Mary and him do that, then it could be Mary's job that's on, in, like on the line, and then he move, and then the new coach comes in, let's say Ivan Cleary, for instance, hey. and he benefits from the whole structure. I think you should get Ivan Cleary to coach your team. It would be great. I think that the Dragons, and I've said this before, they're too in-house. They're too, you've retired, come work for us. You've retired, come work for us. I look up at the coach's box, and sometimes it's Mary and Ben Hornby. Come on, man. It's not 1999 anymore. Come on. It, it probably says a lot about the club's financial situation that they need. And we, it's well known that they're not doing too well. Like, it's not like they're on their last legs, but... I think they've gone with cheap options in player staff, and they've instead of like going externally and, and headhunting, they've gone, oh, you know, I'll do this for my club. Yeah, and I, I think that's a that. situation. I, I honestly think that I it trickles that. down from the balance sheet. I have some respect for that, but you can't do it for a long period of time. I, I know my club, the Sharks, have done that in the past, but they did it for two or three years and didn't really achieve much with that mindset and then thankfully some cash came along and they've done what they've done so i respect the dragons doing that but it's not working it's not working so brooksy the travoyevich brothers i have trouble saying their name but i don't have trouble watching them because they're awesome i love both of them equally actually you know what i might like jake more than tom just a little bit but both have been rewarded with their great form from the last sort of year and a half into the development squad of the new south wales you know what, as, as we just said in the last five minutes, if they're good enough, just chuck them in. Oh, but it's Origin Brooksy. 
it's a war out there. It's two teams who hate each other. It's like being in Afghanistan and we're Afghanistan and they're Australia and we're going to fight each other and the Taliban are going to come in with their missiles and that's what it's like. That's what State of Origin is like. No, State of Origin is a game of football in front of 80,000 people. I'm sorry. <laughs> that's exactly, exactly right. On Tom Trevojevic and Josh Dugan, Ben Barber and all Cronulla's fullbacks somehow disappear on some football convention. You got the choice. The two guys didn't make the trip because Josh Dugan was injured and Tom Trevojevic, you know, he, he's just too, he's too young. young. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Like, so you had a choice out of the two to be successful now. Who would you put as your fullback? The one that has the energy and the bounce in his step probably. Not the one who can't get off the ground or can't pass. I, I don't know what's happened to Dugs and I don't want to get too, you know, laboured into it of knocking a guy when he's down, but... You know, he, he did, Brooksy, he did a press conference yesterday. He did a press conference yesterday at the New South Wales camp. And he was talking about how he's coming from losing last night's game, which was Monday night for the Dragons, and now he's stepping into this big origin arena. And it's the same with Blake Ferguson. It's like, why are you, why are you there? You were the worst player on the field, and now you're being rewarded by a couple of people who love loyalty... And here you are in front of the press and doing a press conference for another big game that you're going to get paid $30,000 for. Yeah. There's something inherently wrong with what's going on. Yeah. Here. That's why I don't take Origin overly seriously, to be honest. It's just, it's a mishmash of, of just ridiculousness. I'm dropping this on you now, Schnaz, because um, it, it involves the Sharkies. After the Dragons game, there was a tweet from the Sharks account. And it said... The dragons are absolutely the poo with eyes emoji. I thoroughly enjoy watching their clueless attack and turnstile defence. This was from the official account. It was deleted, yeah, shortly after. I'm I'm suggesting that someone who runs the account yeah. has accidentally tweeted it from the Sharks account and not from their personal yeah, account yeah. because I understand that there's probably a Is lot of people in Cronulla, the club that dislike the dragons because of the rivalry. There are there are a few people who have access to the account, but I'm I'm gonna um I'm gonna investigate that. Yeah, that tweet was pretty much a great summation of how the dragons played. Like he wasn't wrong, or she wasn't wrong. I suggest Lyle Gorman got on Twitter for the first time and uh, deleted it. <laughs> That's not happening under my watch. He said, but it was just funny. Like I, as a dragons fan, I don't really care. Like it was funny. You know, it was a bit unprofessional, but you know, it's a mistake. It's a mistake. It's a mistake. Because I've built a stronghold around Greenland, I've driven you out of Western Europe, and I've left you teetering on the brink of complete annihilation. I'm not beaten yet. I still have armies in the Ukraine. <laughs> the Ukraine. All right, Schnaz, so we've only got four games this week, and we've got Origin at the end of it. So Friday night, we've got Eels Roosters. Technically, both teams are on 10 points. What an achievement from the Eels to actually be on 10 points after going back to zero. But imagine <laughs> if they beat the Roosters, who have been pretty average, let's say, the whole season. Well, below it. Like, look, Mitchell Pearce looked good on, on Thursday night. He, he, whoop de doo So that should be interesting to see. I'm, so, I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to watching that one. Saturday night, Bulldogs-Tigers. Tigers without Tedesco, Woods and Farrah. Again, that would have been a good clash if Origin hadn't affected it. Big chance for Moses and Brooks to stand up against Moses Mbai and Josh Reynolds. Intense character that he is, Josh Reynolds. Sunday, Panthers-Sharks. 
Beat the streak, beat the streak, beat the streak. So pretty much every Sharks player from the last two years is out for them. The team they've named, I actually don't dislike. I mean, New Brown comes in at 5'8", and he's a great player. Yeah. Kurt Capel, uh, Queensland. Was he Ipswich Jet? Is he is he is he of the Cable Stables? Yeah, he's on the bench and he's he's been really good. And someone else, oh Matt McKilrick, has been named on the bench, which is a bit interesting because Ennis, unless Ennis is going to move around a bit from hooker, I don't know why because McKilrick's a classic hooker. He maybe he can play a bit of back row as well. Yeah, so the, the, the team they've named is the team they've named is not anywhere near as inexperienced as what I thought. You've still got Ben Barber, Luke Lewis. Um, like some big guns. So I think they'll be very competitive and I, I hope they push them all the way. It'd be great so, to yeah. see what your depth's like and this is a good, you know, final will get a good chance to see how they go. Good chance for the Panthers to move up the ladder and also, you know, get some notoriety by beating the informed team. So Canberra at home on a Monday night in the middle of winter against the North Queensland Cowboys. Gifted. And give them the two points. Gifted. If they don't, if they mess this up, then... I don't. I don't think they're contenders. Does Blake Austin bring someone to the game for the rest of the season until they lose? Is this his little like superstition that we might be seeing for the remainder of the year? Well, have you noticed my superstition? What's going on with me? Twelve weeks, baby. You haven't taken off that hoodie. I'm not looking a little bit uh, caveman. Yeah, you haven't shaved more the, than You've usual. done the Stanley Cup. You haven't trimmed I, the beard. I, I haven't. I haven't trimmed. Hair's flying a bit longer. <laughs> All right, Brooksy. We got to get out of here, but it's been my pleasure as usual to speak with you about rugby league at League Life NRL, and you can catch the podcast on iTunes by searching League Life Podcast. Give us a rating. You can catch us everywhere, man. Yeah, yeah. Come say good down the street, whatever it takes. Get your opinion heard, Brooksy. I will see you again next week, buddy. Until then, try and stay out of trouble. I know it's hard for you these days, but just stay out of trouble. What people can do is follow you on social media and then they can see how your Foxtel is going. <laughs> Day three of Foxtel Brooks. Watch and Brooks is spitting chips. I, I seem like I'm, it's like I'm on social media and I, I don't think about it until I'm sort of calmed down a bit. I'm, yes. I'm like that rambling homeless guy yes. in the park. Just the, the, the glimmer in your eye is getting whiter each week. All right, we'll see you later. Thanks, Brooksy. I'll see you soon, buddy. See you, see you later. You know what the Ukraine is? It's a sitting duck. A road apple, Newman. The Ukraine is weak. It's feeble. I think it's time to put the hurt on the Ukraine. I come from Ukraine. You not say Ukraine weak. Yeah, well, we're playing a game here, pal. Ukraine has came to you. How about I take your little Boris? Ah! <laughs>